Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. A new theme Thursday. We'll get to that a little bit later on. We'll review the play-in games. Uh, there may be some unfortunate news for Texas basketball we have to discuss. We'll get into that coming up here in the first segment as well. And also, if you like them, uh, some of that old-school basketball love on the 40 Acres, we got a great story for you about the basketball tournament. We'll talk about that. A lot of hoop discussion coming up first. We got Rangers and Astros. Go Strolls! Discussion coming up in the next segment. Also, NFL News and Nuggets in the top of the 4 o'clock. We'll sort out the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes and talk about why uh, the trade talk has gone cold. We'll get into that. Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft and of course spring football news, notes and nuggets, predictions and expectations. All of that and more before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy but for him it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Harge, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, brother? We here, man. It's a Thursday. Most people call it Thirsty Thursday but whatever kind of day you want to <laughs> Enjoy, enjoy, but we are here to entertain you. Let me tell you about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate that intro as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know he's underpaid. Also, he's the owner of Lou. Uh, the unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie. And today is a very special day for Lou, and he's going to tell you about that too. Patrick Davis, what's going on, brother? I'm doing good, doing good. It's Lou's found day today, so yeah. it's a good day for Lou. Yeah, Seven about. years in the family. <laughs> so for those that don't know about our unofficial mascot of Ball Don't Lie, Tell them what you mean when you say today was his found day. Uh, basically, so seven years ago, me and my buddies, me and my roommates were watching Kobe's last game. And one of our roommates walked out in the front yard. He's like, hey, man, I found this dog out in the front <laughs> yard. And he was super dirty and skinny and and just malnourished and everything else. And so he took him in. And they're like, well, we're going to leave him on the patio. But I was like, I don't want to leave him out in the patio all night. So I took him in and I gave him a bath. <laughs> And then he slept on the floor of my room that night, and then I took him in the morning to go take him to the vet, see if he was chipped or anything. They're like, he doesn't have a chip in him. He's full grown, and he's got pit in him, so if you take him to the to the pound, they'll probably put him down. Mm -hmm. And he was so nice, and I was like, well, I guess I got a dog now. You see, nice. And uh, I've had him for seven years now. Uh, and he is a great dog. That's he's a great dude, dog. Man. I'm very lucky. I mean, he's just grateful. I, I love me some Lou. So, yeah, unofficial mascot status uh, of football, don't lie. And uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big dog guy. So uh, yep. we appreciate uh, my man Patrick bringing Lou along for the ride. He always comes in and brings us good mojo. All right, gentlemen. Uh, oh, first of all, let's not forget the most important part of the show. Specs, text, text, specs, text line, 512-337-3776. You're the heartbeat of this thing. So you got anything to say, hit us up on the specs text line or via the Twitterverse. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Oh, you want to see Lou, actually, go to Patrick Davis's Twitter account at It's okay. Patrick Davis. He's got a celebratory tweet for Lou's found day up there that's really, really cool. Okay. 
Let's okay. I, I I was gonna get into NBA play and stuff, and we'll get into that. I think I think we should start with Texas basketball stuff. Yeah, I think absolutely. That's, uh, right now, yep. uh, seems to be a little more pertinent. It seems to be right now for Longhorn fans <clears throat> a source of stress for them. So the news broke, and we'll get into yesterday. Actually, we talked about uh, the Dylan Brooks news. Yep. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, sorry. Yep. yep. Uh, but we'll get into that too. I don't know why I said Dylan Brooks. I was thinking about the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> They're talking trash about it. Yeah, it's yeah, a black yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. That's right. That's right. Uh, but this story actually broke earlier today, and he came from Adrian Wojnarowski. It's a Woj bomb. Yeah, well, a Woj it. bomb that blew up uh, Texas basketball fan base a little bit. So, uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, he is reporting uh, with Draft Express that California high school guard A.J. Johnson who was projected to be a 2024 NBA draft lottery pick, has decommitted from the University of Texas and signed a deal with the, uh, I'm sure I'm going to mispronounce this, Ilara, Ilara Hawks? Sure. In the <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. It's in Australia. Yeah, yeah whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, he has signed a deal with them in the NBL, which is the National Basketball League in Australia. Uh, he's a 6'6 senior at Southern California Academy. Uh, he's the one of the highest profile uh, uh, players in the NBA. But also this league apparently is also the same uh, league where LaMelo Ball. Yes. Spent his 2019-2020 season um, on his way to becoming a top pick, a top three pick, I believe, uh, in the draft. So uh, it's just an alternate route. We've seen some guys take some alternate routes to get to the NBA, and the NBA is actually giving you another one with the G League and that thing. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the impact on Texas basketball, uh, first and foremost. I guess mm-hmm. we can also talk about this young man as a prospect overall, but seeing as he is no longer interested in the University of Texas, um, I think we should start kind of start with the micro and work our way to the macro. Um, what did what do we think of the uh, the latest news for Texas basketball? And it seems like all of the news lately has just been, and so I'm going to say negative news, but it hasn't been positive news. Well, it just hadn't been to the point now. And this is something that I was talking to a friend of mine about, and I was talking to Patrick about this just a little while ago. We are now in a day and age where if you go and look at basketball as a whole, everybody's either trying to get to the NBA or they're trying to get to another team in the transfer portal. Regardless of what your status may be, you may be a starter on this particular team and you're still looking for the next deal. And you know as well as I do, Ra, a lot of this stuff too is negotiating. Yes, it's it all is. about it's, 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 it's jockeying. But th- what this is telling me about this young man, and it's nothing negative – it's he didn't want to go to school, period. It's one of those types of deals. I, I, I understand it. There's some people that just don't want to play school. And you are now in a day and age, especially in basketball, if you can go overseas and make money and play against professionals, why wouldn't you do it? If that's what you truly want to do and if that's your venture. I understand it. Everybody's like, whoa, that means that Rodney's not doing his job and this. No, that does not mean that. Different strokes for different folks, and we are in a, a time of day now where everybody has multiple options. We talked about it yesterday with the kids that are in the transfer portal. You're looking in front of you and on the football field, and you're saying, this kid is, is playing really good. I don't think he's going to come off the field. This kid has done great. I don't think he – and they just recruited my replacement at this time who's probably more mature and more advanced, and I had 28 offers coming out of high school. Now I have other options because it doesn't look like this is the place for me. I'm not mad at nobody for that. But the thing that I always try to say is be patient 
during the offseason because everybody wants to go and jump off a bridge and think that the sky is falling because it's the offseason of basketball. If we had basketball tomorrow, then everybody should panic. But we don't have basketball tomorrow. You still have the transfer portal. You're still going to have opportunities. We already knew we were going to have a new basketball team anyway. So let's just let everything play out before everybody's like, oh, Rodney Terry, that's a terrible hire. Look at him. He can't even keep these recruits. Come on, man. You've seen the game before. Yeah, and uh, I mean, and let's look at, too, these guys that are one-and-dones. Because let's put A.J. Johnson was going to be a one-and-done. We, no we now see no the doubt. fact that he doesn't even want to go to college for one year will tell you yeah. this: he was probably not going to stay here over one year. So that's projected lottery pick. Yes, he's projected like which twenty twenty four. At the end of this season, it kind of he didn't have a great finish to his season uh, in high school. So he, that could change. <laughs> that could change, and I mean, it's just going to be if he's able to play. He's he's six five, like one sixty something like that. So he's really needs to put on some weight to be able to play. Uh, a little bit more and be able to keep up, but you got to be able to keep speed in that as well. He was probably going to play 10 to 15 minutes a game for Texas next year, and, unless Texas was not going to be good at all, in which case he could play more minutes because they're just not very good. But a, a, a young guard like that, you're normally going to play 10 to 15 minutes a game. So while it's not great, it is not the end of the world. And I think right now where Texas is kind of falling is they need to figure out it, Dylan DeSue where he's going to end up. But I think there is something to be said that a lot of these, a lot of the players that are not thinking long term for Texas, are not are thinking. Well, you know what? I don't necessarily want to go to Texas if this is a rebuild year and we're doing a two year rebuild. Now, rebuilds in college basketball are not as long as they used to be. Where hey, we're going to get a whole freshman class and then build up. But it's like two years now. So the, you think of that, that Texas goes and gets Marcus Carr and Dylan DeSue and all those guys, and it takes a year for them to go learn and everything, and then you add Jabari Rice and add Tyrese Hunter. and it's, it's, So it's a two-year kind of rebuild thing. That's, I think, where Texas is kind of at now, which you expect when you had everybody walk away, you know, if everybody leaves after this year because we had so many seniors, you expect it to be a little bit more of a rebuild process. But two years, uh, there are guys that are graduates, graduate transfers that may not want to come here because they go, well, unless, you know, I may not want to come to a school if they're going to be better the year after I leave. Mm. And for a one and done, I don't want to go there. And then you're, this is not the year we're winning the Big 12 title. We're not making a run yeah. in the tournament. It, your draft stock drops too. So he yeah. could turn it all around and pull in a bunch of great players out of the portal. The portal's still open. People can still get into it till May 11th. Right. So they're still, they're still going right. to be probably another 100, 150, 200 D1 good players that enter the transfer portal here in the next couple of weeks. Like they said, twenty percent of D one players have entered the portal for mm. basketball. That's a freaky, crazy number. Yeah, man. like and <laughs> so, so I, I none of this is over. Ronnie Terry is trying to get fit guys because he doesn't want to bring in just the best names and then put them together on a team that doesn't play together. That all wants you know an equal amount of shots a game, which there's only one basketball. So he's trying to put together that team. I think. We know that Reese Dixon out of USC, he just went to San Diego State. He committed over there. So that is a guy that you would have thought would have been more in the game plan because he is a sophomore and he could have been part of a team for another couple of years. But I'm not too worried. I'm not hitting the panic button yet on this Texas this Texas offseason because I think there is still plenty that can be done in this transfer portal. Uh, Ron Holland coming in is a more complete prospect, yep. at least for year one, than A.J. Johnson was going to be. And so it's like, all right, you, you are going to have to rely heavily on the transfer portal. There are a number of guys in there. There will be a few more. And then you're going to be able to go take your pick 
uh, to fill out your roster kind of at the end. And remember, graduate transfers, there is no uh, there's no time frame on the transfer portal for graduate transfers. That's why Jabari Rice was able to be added late. He was able to transfer late because a grad transfer can transfer basically whenever. Yeah, I was also hearing, and you know, I actually I don't know what the NIL situation is for Texas basketball. That's something that every different program's got to figure out. The Texas One Fund's a big part of that, right? Texas wants to be the NIL capital of college sports, but they got some competition out there. Um, I did hear uh, um, that Zay said on Chad and Zay, um, Jeff, I told him the number that AJ uh, Johnson was going to make is around seven hundred fifty thousand. It's a big number. That's a huge number. Yeah. It's a big that, number for, for one year. So, for supposedly. one player. Yes. Yeah, so they, I'm just to look up, look at from and, an NIL perspective, for one player, if you were going to say, you say because this is the world we're in, right, the free market, yep. the city college sports, you would have had to somehow match that. I'm sure if this representative, whoever it is, you got to match that or come close to it. And there are other guys also who also are, are in that NIL conversation too exactly. and are weighing their options. Dylan DeSue, other guys right. who may decide, hey, man, if you can't offer me this much here, I'm hitting the league. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, so and Texas, also, Texas basketball is having those conversations, and 750000 is a lot of money to just throw out there for one guy. And, and, and let's that, not say yeah. 10 to 15 minutes a game probably. To We're probably looking at 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Exactly. So that is a lot of money for 10 to 15 minutes. And that's minutes how you're building a roster now, right? You're, yes. you're, 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 you have to build it like NBA player, NBA GMs are going to think about it. you got a certain amount of you know money that goes around for your NIL. And, yeah, I mean, that's a big part of how you recruit and allure, you know, you lure a lot of these guys to campus. Yes, and why, why all this is happening, Texas had a great season. The iron is hot. Take advantage of the iron. And if you have that, let's go. Just like this kid, you're going to get $700,000 to go and play for one year in Australia? Sign me up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Sign me it's hard, up. It's hard to get. It's hard to dissuade someone. Thank you from from that because that does sound awesome. <laughs> if you project a lottery pick, go to Australia. Yes, that's off one year. They'll pay you a quarter of a million dollars, and you get to go develop and play against other pros, against grown men, and you don't play school, and you don't play he school. Wanna, he doesn't want to play school. Exactly. And, and Patrick's right. If he's playing ten to fifteen minutes a game, definitely not worth. Thank you. You matching that or beating that. Yes. That's what I said. People, people Good luck people, to you. People are now thinking about this from an NIL perspective. That is a realistic conversation they have to have now yep. about every big-time recruit or, or transfer portal acquisition or transfer portal prospect because they, they all come in with a number now. Yes. They all come with a number. They and they know what and, the evaluation is about <laughs> yeah, themselves. They all come in and go, hey, you know what? I really want to be here. 50000 We're good. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they go, all right. I mean, that's yes. I, I'm I'm being told these are the conversations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that is. Hey, by the way, Aaron Hogan just hit me up. Serge Barry Rice going to be in studio with B and E tomorrow morning. Oh. So if you want to get some more nice. insight into Texas basketball, oh, there you go. Uh, around nine AM, I believe, is what Aaron said. I love that. Uh so check out Jabari Rice. But yeah, I, I think he will be able to tell you the same thing I'm telling you, which is don't hit the panic button yet. He was a late addition to this team and became a big part of it. Exactly. There's a lot of pieces you can add into it. They will add a ton in. Uh it, it's it's disappointing because you I, I think it was less disappointing when you realized, oh, he was a one and done no matter what. So once you hit that, you went, Oh no, I thought this guy could have been really good. It's the same thing you see with Dylan Mitchell, where you go, if Dylan Mitchell can come back for another year, I think he could do a lot of good things. He's probably not at this point. It looks like he's going to go to the draft, but some of these guys, you, you, they're just not—they're not the guys who are ready to play tons of minutes year one. But Patrick, you're using logic. <laughs> you can't do that. And the sky is falling, and nothing is going to be better. 
That's yeah. the thing that hey. I keep trying to tell people is like, calm down. Hey, do you want to win national championships? Experience wins national championships, it's not one and done. Not anymore. one and done. It just it's it's the way that college basketball is nowadays. One and dones are not necessarily the straight path to the the title as they used to be. Uh, also, um, hearing less than positive things about the return of Arterio Morris. Oh no, he's gone. I mean, he's gonna. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's gone. gone. He's yeah, gone. Okay. no, Arterio Morris is probably gone. I think Dylan Mitchell reading that reading his thing where he's maintaining eligibility. It did not seem like he was leaving the door that wide open. It's you unlocked. Can. But the door is unlocked. But I feel like it's closed. <laughs> and it's, got, it's closed. Is it a jar? It's propped it's, open. I, it's is propped it a jar? open. It's, yeah, yeah, there it, it is. Jar? It's a jar. It might be slightly, <laughs> a very slightly a jar. <laughs> okay, it did go. not seem as if they, he good. thanked everybody a lot and didn't go like, hey, maybe I'll come back. Like That's, I think, what maybe he's taking deal to sue is he's trying to figure out how to phrase his statement. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Yeah. You know what? I, I do know that, you know, they're. Um, you know, they, they're probably trying to, right now at this point with Dylan DeSue, come up with a, a number that would, you know, that would dissuade him from going to the NBA Yeah, I think there's, two. I think that's part of it. whatever that number is. I don't yeah, know I, what it is. I, I think that's definitely part of it. And I think it's too is going to be, you know, when the more meetings he has with NBA people, if they're saying, oh, no, we would take you at 20 or we would take you at 25 or, hey, if you're around in the second round, we might take you. Those are majorly different conversations. Yeah. So that's that's a conversation when you start talking to teams later in the draft, and that would probably those conversations come a little bit later into the year as well of, you know, once those teams that are going to be drafting later are usually playoff teams, so they're probably not super concerned. So you may be talking to a scout like, oh, I'm pulling for you. But then he, you see he's like, I told that to 17 other guys too. Exactly. You know how the game goes. It's mm-hmm. that time of the year. We talk about it all the time about the NFL, and this is the wacky time where all the stories come out. This is the same thing with the transfer portal in basketball. We just had an, a great year in sports, and we saw that the teams that got to the championship are guys that have older players. One and Duns are just that. Dylan Mitchell. Everybody's like, man, Dylan Mitchell's gone. Dylan Mitchell didn't play that much for Texas. No, he did 10 to 15. He started every game, but he didn't play that much for them. So yeah. are y'all upset? I mean, calm it down, man. It's going to happen. No, and I mean, and you got to think of if you – how many of you knew Jabari Rice's – and I can say I didn't really know Jabari Rice's name before this year, so it's not like him taking a shot. But none of us really were following Jabari Rice, and then he was a huge part of what this team exactly. did down the stretch. So like a guy like that right now is Oral Roberts has a transfer portal, mm-hmm. Asmus. Uh, is is a guy that's in the transfer world that is really, really good. Uh, and he's somebody that Texas has reached out to. Yep. So, you know, you don't know if he, because he's a grad transfer, if he's going to want to come to Texas or not. He may want to go to somewhere else where he feels he has a better chance to w- try and win a title, but maybe he wants to go to Texas because it's a great place uh, to, you know, blow up his game. I said this earlier uh, when I hopped on with, uh, with Chad and Zay earlier. If you want to promote, if you want to promote for Texas, I can tell you this: you will never have more scouts in front of you than if you play in Tech for Texas, because every Big Twelve team has prospects, and every scout wants to watch them in Austin. That's yeah. fair, where else do they? Where else do they want <laughs> yep. to go catch a game? Yep, yep. <laughs> they don't want to go to Lubbock. They don't want to go to Bay. They don't want to go to Waco. Manhattan. They're not going to Manhattan, Stillwater. Kansas. Yeah, they're not going to Iowa. <laughs> They don't want to go there. They want to come to Austin to the brand new building and scout the team there. So even if they're not scouting you, they're going to see you and you get a lot of opportunities to have big games 
at Texas with a lot of scouts there. That is a great point. I totally agree with that, 100%. Uh, all right, a little bit of an NBA play-in review while we got some time here. Uh, the uh, Raptors, I, I actually picked the Raptors. I thought they'd find a way to win this thing. Um, that was not the case. They actually had a huge lead. It looked at one point mm-hmm. like they weren't going to uh, roll Chicago. That was not the case at all. A 19-point comeback, gentlemen, by the Chicago Bulls, and they get a 109-105 win over Toronto in Toronto. And the story of the game is uh, Diara DeRozan. Yep, yep. She is the uh, nine-year-old daughter of DeMar DeRozan. And <laughs> she... <laughs> was great. She was there. Um, I, she was close to the court. I don't think she was courtside necessarily, uh, or you know, but she was right there. She was close enough. Where during the free throws <laughs> for the Toronto Raptors, she would yell this high pitched scream. Do yeah. we have a little bit of this? Now we're not gonna play the whole thing because it's you can't. I think we got a minute of this, so we'll just yeah. play a few seconds of it. But she would she would do this during almost every free throw opportunity for the Toronto Raptors. Here it is. Particular game. If he steps the wrong way or something, visit to Florida State. Ask me what did you? Patrick said I was down for whatever Coach Hamill. Underrated passer, <laughs> doing a nice job. In terms of the total number of right, quality that's shots. We're good, we're good, we're good. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, okay, so that was like a little montage of it. That that was like a – that thing goes on for like a minute plus. And she did that. And she – by the way, it was so effective. And they talked about it during the game, talked about it after the game. Even DeMar DeRozan was surprised by the tactic. He didn't know it was going to happen, by the way. <laughs> uh, they missed, guys, 18 of 36 18. free throws. It was the most misses in an elimination game. In the last 50 years in the NBA. All because this cute little nine-year-old girl was screaming at the top of her lungs. Now, DeMar DeRozan, if if we're to believe him, uh, because we have two cuts for DeMar DeRozan. The first one, I believe here, is him just talking about how he acknowledged it during the game. He didn't We have this, uh, Patrick. Okay, this is him post-game just talking about his experience during the game when he first hears the screaming. Uh, the elephant in the room. Did you know your daughter was good at free throw defense? Man, I, I just seen it. She would, she would viral. <laughs> she. <laughs> now I, I, I haven't let it soak in yet. Everybody keeps saying, you know, but that's all right. I kept hearing some um, during the game. Then it was one free throw. Some somebody missed, and I looked back and I was like, damn, that's my daughter screaming. So I was just making sure she was alright though. Okay, so he's just like making sure she's alright, but she kept doing it the whole game. And he here's the other cut of him talking about the experience of her. Because I, I don't know whose idea this was. If we are to believe that DeMar DeRozan didn't have anything to do with it, somebody in his family either put her up to it or this girl is just a, she is diabolical in a brilliant sort of way. Because she came up with this on her own at nine years old then. Here's DeMar DeRozan telling the story of how his daughter uh, decided that she wanted to make the trip with him to Toronto. My daughter called me the other day. Um, when she was getting out of school, and she was just, you know, she just said, Dad, can I, can I come to the Toronto game? I remember going to all the Toronto games when she was a kid, and I almost said no because she in school back home. Um, she kept asking. She was just adamant about coming to support, and I just said, uh, you, you can miss one day at school and, you know, come to a game, and I'm glad I did. Um, I owe her some money for sure. Uh, no, nah, she got to go back to school. School class. So she will not. They will not be taking this act on the road again uh, to the to, for the Miami game. Uh, okay, gentlemen, here we go. So we have the conversation. 
it is because this is kind of a loophole. It's a gray area here. Should she have been allowed to do this? Is this just strat tactic strategy? Yeah, she was just yelling in the crowd. Okay. Yeah. Yelling in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. that's like, like everybody standing behind the goal and is. throwing it's that. A but distraction so it's a, strategy. Yeah, so if if that is why they miss eighteen free throws, <laughs> that scream is one unbelievable scream. We heard it. What? I got a chance to listen to it. I was like, man, that is loud. That's piercing. But these guys get yelled at the entire game, man. They do. You're supposed to be able to block that it out. It was really loud, though. How come, no, how come nobody else has really done this then? I think people have tried to do it. It just wasn't so <laughs> shrill. Like, you have to have That's that child's exactly. voice, so and got, children usually lose interest. So the people are going to put their kids up to this now. Oh, of course. It's going to be a problem. Because they're going to be in the upper <laughs> deck doing it. Like, they can't hear you. Yeah, so you're exactly. going to be with money, though. If you got money, it's basically money and family. Yeah. So people's family. Who, I don't know. I feel, I feel like there's enough people that will, some kid's going to do it, and their oh. parents are going to be like, shut Shut up. <laughs> shut your I mouth right now. I probably would have told my kid to shut up. Yeah. I would have told my kid to shut up. Judging by Martin's judging by his reaction, you could tell he was like, oh, God, that's my kid. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> who was she sitting with, though? Do we know? I don't know who, who she was, was sitting like, with. Who was like, what Guardian was sitting I mean, it makes sense that she like grew up in Toronto because that's where he used to play. And so yeah. she was like, I want to go see all of my old friends and yep. do that. Yep. That makes sense. And then she was there, and then she was like, I'm sure, I bet that's something they do at the house. It probably is. And she's like, they're like, ooh, boo them because they do it. And then she was just being they very- They do it at the house. I'd tell her to shut up at the house. I'd be I like, hey, too. baby girl, you got to sh- you, you can't. Bro, you got to call that I got a daughter. <laughs> exactly. She's six. <laughs> and I'm looking at her like, I wish you would go out there and start screaming like that. Oh, man. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah, so, but, so it, it's going to become a thing. There are going to be yeah. other people that replicate this. Why wouldn't they if it was that effective? Uh, also, but was it, though? Was it that? They they miss eighteen or thirty. No, it, it was it was more that Toronto's just not a very good basketball team. But. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm well, like, I, I know it just happens to play into it. It does. It works out perfectly, and it's a great storyline. Let's go back and look at how many other free throws they've missed in games, and you'll be it like, it was the most misses in an elimination game in over fifty. I was going to say in history, yeah, it probably right. played a role. Let's say it it's an role. elimination game. But it's an elimination game by a team that record would not have allowed them in the playoffs before last <laughs> before year. Before last year, yeah. okay, that is fair. So and y'all get Nick Nurse a lot sooner than what you thought you were going to get him <laughs> a, uh, as a Houston Rockets. Fan. That is fair. Good point. Uh, it was also the first time that uh, ten, two ten seeds actually ended up winning the yeah. play, and they were zero yep. four. Ten seeds were prior to last night, and Zach Levine. Uh, also, other than the shrill uh, scream of DeMar DeRozan's daughter, uh, Zach Levine was probably the biggest oh reason goodness. he won. 39.7 rebounds and three assists. He went off. He did go off. And people forget that Zach Levine was at UCLA when UCLA was actually a good basketball team. Hmm. I mean, they're good now. But, I mean, like yeah. when they were really, really good. And everybody forgets that how athletic that dude is. He has turned himself into a monster on the basketball court. Yeah, they were down 19 points, uh, 66-47 in the third quarter. And Zach Levine went off, scored 17 points in the third. And then uh, that closed the gap down to single digits to nine. And then had 13 in the fourth quarter. And yeah. that basically gave him the win. So he he was unbelievable in that game. Uh, and then we'll get into this a little bit later on. But <clears throat> in the other uh, matchup, the Oklahoma City Thunder with the win over the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll get into that. And uh, Gilgis Alexander was unbelievable. Hey, can we can we though? If the Bulls if the Bulls win the game on Friday, <laughs> can we just start calling Pat Bev play in Pat? Yeah, <laughs> I want to start calling him play in Pat and just yeah. be like, man, no one no one performed more when it mattered less. 
than playing Pat. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, no, he's he likes the um, the histrionics, if you will. He wants the, the theatrical. He's into that, no doubt. The drama of the and NBA and the crying after winning the playing game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He loves it. And the NBA always gives us they always gives a, give us some salacious story. And here we got a daughter involved, <laughs> which is uh, really really great too. So NBA is the gift that keeps on giving. We come back. We'll get into uh, the Rangers. They lose. Astros win. Ghostros. So we'll talk some Major League Baseball on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on One Hundred Four the Horn. That's the number to the Specs text line, which is silent just for a while um, because it's a new theme Thursday, and my man Patrick plays songs that give us hints and clues as to what the new theme of New Theme Thursday is. All right, uh, Patrick Hart said I already got it. Hart, so what is it? It's the blues of basketball in the transfer portal. It is not that. Oh, man. That was good. It was good, but it's not that. That was good. It's kind of a bluey. Sounds nice. He's got was, the blues to it's it. Very specific. I mean, it's Bobby Blue Bland. Yeah, that's good. I like that. All right. See? So that's not it. Then. That is not it. No. All right. Uh, all right. So the uh, new theme Thursday continues. We'll get another clue as to what the new theme of the day is going to be. Uh, but right now, let's get to some Major League Baseball discussion. Uh, we'll talk Astros and also talk Rangers here. Uh, Astros uh, with a win, and honestly, those have been hard to come by. Truth be told, to start the season, <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. As an Astros fan, they have been right now. The Astros six seven. They got a seven uh, seven new seven zero win over uh, the Pirates at Philly, and um, I, you know what? And this is crazy because last year, and I saw these numbers, and I was a little bit surprised to see them because a lot of Astros fans are frustrated with the start. They were six and seven last year too. Yes, to start the season. Again, it's baseball. <laughs> they were six and seven starting the season last year. Obviously, very long season to go. Uh, and last year, look at run scored. They had forty four at this point mm-hmm. in the season. Uh, they have sixty six now. Uh, the runs allowed last year they were at fifty two. Now they're at fifty three. So uh, really close to being the same. Their team uh, batting average was uh, two hundred in twenty twenty two through. 13 games and now it's 256 and the team home runs were both at 14. So um, if you are starting to freak out, don't freak out. Relax. Let everything just go. Yeah. It's going to play itself out. Just just take it easy, my people, because <laughs> this is baseball. We all know that you play the game and it's going to be a lot of ebbs and flows through it. You're playing 162 games a year. There's going to be a slow start and there's going to be a great finish. And if they finish somewhere in between, it's okay because the Astros are just that. They play good baseball. And for me, it's, again, look at the injuries that they're going mm. through. They're still trying to f- piece some people in and and find out what's next for them. So for me, it's okay, man. It's you ain't okay. worried about it at all. No. Uh, I, if, if you're diving deeper into the numbers, because you're right, you'll get, um, you know, you, Jose Altuve, of course, uh, you'll get him back. Uh, Michael Brantley's going to return from that hip injury yeah. at 1.2. But you have you have a lot, of, a lot of guys just underperforming at this point. 
Uh, Jeremy Pena, who started relatively hot, has cooled considerably. Mm-hmm. He's batting two oh eight now. Um, Alex Bregman has just not found his groove at all uh, all season long. He's still cursed. Yeah. From Mark Wahlberg. Mark, yeah, there you go. It's his like, and he's drunk, and he grew a mullet too. It's his so salsa his com- yeah, curly it's his up salsa company going yeah, on. You yeah. know how that is. Yeah, uh, you have a lot of guys that's just you know they're not playing really well right now. Yep. Um, and so it, it's, it, I think that'll turn around as well. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just something else. I mean, you look at Kyle Tucker, Jordan hadn't been hitting home runs like he normally would. So that 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 still is playing a part into it. You're still having different guys playing in a lineup to try to figure out who's who and what's what. It's not something that you really need to be worried about because here's the deal. The the Los Angeles Angels, remember them? They were a team that would always jump out early and they would fade fast. You know that they're 7 and 5. The Astros are 6 and 7. They're still right there to win the West. The the Rangers Seven and five, six and seven. It's okay. You, all you got to do is just play enough to be in your division, to get to the playoffs, and then you can make a lot of noise. So, no, I'm not overreacting to any of this, man. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen get – like right now, we can, we can probably talk about the, the Rays. They're 13-0. and 0. This yeah. is an unbelievable start that, for them. It is crazy. It is unbelievable. They cannot sustain that. Yeah, do you think they're gonna be good though? Yeah, they're, really they're, good? remember they're always good. They're yeah. they're pretty good okay. every single year, and now they're gonna probably try to be a push by the MLB. Is like we need to save Tropicana, we need to keep this team in Tampa. Because remember, everybody was talking about them playing half their games here and half of their games in Montreal. Yeah. They were talking all that stuff because there's no fans that go to the game. Now they're playing really good baseball at the very beginning of the year. A lot of fans are going to the game. That's that. that it's just what it is, man. But I've this is an unbelievable start by them. Numbers and what's going on it with them. Is. And but again, they're not going one sixty two and zero. No, I agree with you. <laughs> it, it will be fun to see how long. What's the uh, do we? What's the streak to start a season undefeated? What I is think it? this is it. Thirteen because they won really? today. Because they won today. Wow. Yeah, that's 13. crazy. Yeah. Prior to their game today, because this is a stat that's prior to uh, this most recent game, the Rays had trailed at the end of just five of 108 innings this season. They're the third team all-time to trail at the end of five of fewer of their first 108 innings of a season, joining the 1884 Gotham's mm-hmm. and 1884 Maroons. Yeah, this is they they <laughs> they are they are at a place right now where they've tied the modern. Uh, MLB record for the best start in the season Okay, at I the very beginning. figured they must have been close to it. Yeah, they're definitely there. And here's the thing, going back to what we were talking about, they beat them 9-3 to today, beat the Boston Red Sox in front of a crowd of 21,000. They don't normally get those numbers. Mm. So it's a buzz going on in Tampa. Everybody's going out there. And I do remember that they, the Atlanta Braves in 1982, they were a team that started 13-0. and as well. And everybody, oh, the Braves, they finna win it, they finna win it. They didn't win it. They didn't win it that year. So it, it, it's just one of those things where you continue to watch and continue to look at these players and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Uh, it's been fun to watch them play because I actually, I've been following them anyway because they have a lot of young players that are so much fun and change mm-hmm. the way that they play the game. 
it it's been real fun to watch them play. Uh, yeah, it's it's good for a Major League Baseball too. Yep. Um, and with a lot of discussion about the new rules and you know, mm-hmm. runs being up, batting average up, you know, hits being up, and the offense is up as well. And of course, we know the average uh, duration of a game uh, that is down. All those are really good things. And you got a team that's setting the record to start a season uh, undefeated. With yeah, them. it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Also pretty cool. The Rangers playing well. Uh, they're seven and five now. They did take a loss to the Royals, ten to one. So that was kind of an ugly loss. They gave up 13 hits uh, in that game, too. They're going to f- go to H-Town yep. this weekend to face the Astros. Astros. Uh Martin Perez is going to be on the mound. Martin! <laughs> uh, versus Luis Garcia. That's going to be a fun series. We'll see if they can wake up the Astros. Yeah. And maybe this, they may need the rivalry yeah, to wake them up a little bit. Yeah, you definitely need the rivalry, but this ain't this ain't your same Astros. I mean, your same Rangers that you're used to seeing. You're going to be what, missing yeah. Corey Seager. Uh, he's still going to be out for a while, but everybody else, there's some there's some bangers in that crew, and they know what it's all about as well. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that too. So I'm hoping that the Astros will wake up, and it might motivate the Rangers. This, yep. I mean, for the Rangers, this is for you. This is why you made a lot of those offseason moves. Exactly. This is this <laughs> you, is who you've been chasing and looking up to. Yeah, this That's is a right. measuring stick right here. If you That's go right. out there and show up against the Astros in H Town, uh, maybe the Rangers are for real. No doubt. All right, uh, we'll come back. We got the flex on the other side. Also, we'll figure out if we can figure if we'll figure out if we can pre- uh, get into this new theme. I'll see if my man Harge can figure out. What the new theme of New Theme Thursday is mm. going to be right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine the horn. The Wagner. Don't lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. That's when Patrick plays jams that are supposed to give Hard and I clues uh, that lead us to the new theme of the day. And I don't think either one of us have it right now. What's the name of this song? Hard got something. Well, if I tell you the name, you'll get to do the oh, thing. Oh, aha. <laughs> that, that boy good. He know not to tell us because I would have got the answer. Uh, so there you go. I don't even remember the names of the first song, so I, I I wouldn't even be able to keep up with all those hints and clues. Um, have you ever did a? Um, I've done a lot of things, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, I, I know you have done a lot of those things. Yes, uh, you know what? Yeah, we can take that discussion because I don't want to lead us down some dark path. All right, new theme Thursday. Usually at the top of the four o'clock, we get a, a softball. That's when Patrick uh, basically takes pity on us and Appreciate gives us that. a really, really easy hint and clue. If not, then we'll just force Patrick to reveal what the new theme of the day is. Open We've been slacking, man. We've up. been off a little bit. We've been off a little bit. Yeah, yesterday it took me forever to get to the midweek movie, which was American Psycho. Not mm-hmm. Harger's fault because he never saw it. it never was, saw it. So I uh, definitely should have been able to get that. Uh, but if you want to get on over to uh, the Flex, FLXATX.com, FLXATX and all your social media platforms. As a matter of fact, yesterday, a uh, great show from the Flex guys, the Wednesday Night Flex. Uh, they had Keaton Kubeka on, who is the wide receiver prospect out of Westlake, who is headed to Kansas. Got a chance to talk to him, uh, Harge, before. He, yep. Man, he the way he talks about, the way his eyes light up when he talks about Lance Leopold uh, and that Kansas program, he's excited. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's easy to see why. I don't, they probably were the surprise team of college football last year. Yeah. Until Jaden Daniels got, got hurt. hurt. Yep. Yeah, they probably were the surprise team. And he was 
the Heisman front runner at one point. Yeah, you and I kept looking at each other when we were out, and we we're like, "Man, this dude is balling." Man, he was. I'm he like, he and was, he was yeah. getting after it he every was. game that he was playing in. I was like, "Uh oh." Yeah. So uh, that that momentum is why they can sign guys out of Austin uh, like yep. King Hubeca, and um, he had other offers, but he's really excited about uh, going to Kansas. They also had uh, Coach uh, Zimmerman on mm-hmm. from Dripping Springs. Dripping Springs. Also, the athletic director out there. He was talking about that athletic program, um, but also talking about the football program a little bit. So uh, you can go catch uh, those uh, flex replays. Go check out flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Also on the website, you got the UIL Soccer State Tournament information. And uh, just so everyone knows, Georgetown, who is representing the locals, uh, ended up losing the game to Frisco. Uh, I believe the score was one to nothing. And Grapevine advances to the 5A Girls Championship that will be played on Saturday and in Georgetown. Mm. So other teams that will right. be playing tonight, Pflugerville Conley, we will play Frisco Lone Star. The boys will be playing at 730. And then tomorrow you got Round Rock Westwood playing at noon against Lewis, uh, Louisville Marcus. And Dripping Springs boys will take on Allen tomorrow night at 730. Uh, also on the website, you can go check out the uh, state seven on seven. Oh, sorry, the Austin area seven on seven state qualifying tournament dates. They got those up there for you too, um, in case you want to be in the know about uh, what's going on with the seven on seven. So tons of great content over there for you at flxatx. And Nico Hamilton, oh, Kimpo oh, oh, got oh, an oh. offer yesterday. Come on now. Got his first official offer from Howard University. I like that. Um, I told him he called me and let me know. He said I wanted you to hear it first before we put it on social. Come on. And I said, good job. And I said, that's the first of many because now that you got one, it's about to take off. Oh, yeah, so I stockpiled them. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, about to stockpile. Once you, yeah, once you get one. And it is it is one of those things where I remember talking to uh, the young prospect um, out of uh, Jalen Gilbert. Gilbert about mm-hmm. that, too. Because he was, I think he was under-recruited, I should yes, say, he was. as a junior and wasn't getting a ton of offers. I had watched enough film on him and went, mm-hmm. man, I, I, they just haven't caught up yet. Right. They will. That's their job. So they'll catch up. And, yeah, after a while, ended up getting multiple offers and actually committed to watch the state. Then ended up decommitting to them and committing to Vanderbilt, I think, in the end. Yeah. Ended up going to Vanderbilt. So it happens like that. Sometimes you're like, I mean, I didn't get my first offer until my senior year, too. Right. Different, different era of football, obviously. But um, some guys. You know, it just doesn't really roll out that way. And oftentimes it's scouts talking to each other uh, yeah. about players. So I think Ken Folk They be slip right. up. They I've, slip up and be like, oh, yeah, man, that kid over there. Oh, really? <laughs> Let me call him now. Let me yeah. call him now. Well, Let me congrats, put him on my list. Congrats on the first, but it won't be, it won't be the last. Thank I guarantee you, guarantee on that. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. We got to sort out this Aaron Rodgers situation mm. because it the trade talks, a conversation has gone cold. Adam Schefter goes into some details about it, uh, but also uh, we'll dive into every little element of it and a surprise factor in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes that I did not anticipate. We'll get into that. Also, Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft. So we'll dive into what he has the Texans and the Cowboys doing in his latest mock draft just a couple of weeks from the NFL draft. And also the pro football-focused draft analysis over the last five years should make Cowboys fans feel really good about what the Cowboys are going to do, whatever Mm -hmm. they're going to do in the upcoming NFL draft. I'll explain that, too. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.